everyone. This is Carolyn, and welcome to the Loveworks Dreamers and Doers podcast. At Loveworks, we believe you are never too young to be a dreamer and never too old to do your dream. Now, if this is your first time, thank you for joining us and giving us the thing that means most to you, your time, whether you know it or not. And if you're returning, welcome back. We know you have lots of options out there in the podcast universe. And hey, everybody, I'm Brent, and our hope with Dreamers and Doers podcast is that each week's special guests will connect with you wherever you find yourself today and inspire you to become the best version of yourself for tomorrow. And hey, everybody, I'm Elle at Loveworks. We believe that one of the ways you can become one of the best versions of yourself is to focus on personal growth. We love curating things like changing your mindset, book suggestions, new music to check out, organizations making a positive contribution in the world, movies that will inspire you, influencers, blogs, or resources that have encouraged our personal growth. Today, we're going to talk about the best personal growth advice we've been given. Carolyn, you want to kick us off? Yes, I would love to kick us off. So <clears throat> now when we say personal growth, I think uh, there's a common kind of conception um, when it comes to personal growth and that it's self-help books and it's making a bunch of lists. It's having spreadsheets. It's like being super disciplined and things like that. Um, but I received um, really great advice like I don't know, 10 years ago. And it was that personal growth can be a blast. And that personal growth can actually be like books and podcasts. Yes, those still, but they can be on airplanes as you're traveling to different places around the country. They can be conversations with your mentor over really long drives. It can be taking students to expos or concerts or maybe other seemingly random places, but it's all in the name of leadership. And maybe my personal favorite way of personal growth, it's sharing dreams um, over really, really, really good food. But personal growth can be a blast. And that's a really big lesson I've learned over the years. Hmm. Elle, what about you? Yeah. So for those of you who know me, um, I love digging into the details. So often what I need is a reminder to breathe. Uh, so some advice that I was given recently uh, was a reminder. And it also makes me laugh, which gets me out of my head and back into the present moment. And Michael, you know the phrase and you're not with us yet. Um, and I just I just totally guess I told everybody, everybody what we're, we're doing today. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but uh, maybe what I need to hear, what others need to hear right now is it's going to be a-okay. So that's huge for me, um, especially people that know my face and I get really serious to say, hey, L, <laughs> it's going to be a-okay. So Brent, what do you got for us? Yeah, you know, so doing this podcast for, for a number of months now, and you guys have been doing a lot longer than I have, and hearing from successful people. And I love when they talk about the question, what would you tell your middle school self? Uh, what kind of advice would you give them of personal growth? And invariably, what they always say is, just don't worry so much about what everybody else thinks. Uh, go do the things that you are excited about, the things that you, you want to lean into. And if it doesn't quite match up with, with what everyone normally does, then that's okay. And you don't have to be so concerned about that. You just need to, to, to lean into what your passions are and what you want to do. And, um, you know, and I started thinking about that and I thought, you know, it kind of also ties into another piece of personal growth that seemed to be a theme from so many of the people that we interviewed. And that's their willingness to maybe try something different, try something that's not the norm, to, to, to go out there a little bit. There's this wonderful quote from Mark Twain um, he said, you know, why not go out on a limb? That's where the fruit is. Um, and I, I feel like that theme kind of carries through so many of the people that we've interviewed uh, on this show and definitely something that, uh, that, that I think can, can really open doors. So for sure. 
<clears throat> well, dreamers and doers, uh, I think we may have clued you in on who we're having a conversation with today. But we hope today's conversation meets you wherever you find yourself today and on your leadership journey. Okay, dreamers and doers, here's the format. We're going to hear an interview where a guest shares their dream and their steps that they've taken to reach their dream. We hope after hearing their story, you'll think to yourself that he or she can do that, so can I. The place where you are today to where you want to go tomorrow, and it's not just any guest today. Elle, tell us who we have with us. Yeah, let's meet our dreamer and doer, Michael Hirsch. Michael is passionate about seeing dreams come true in the hearts and lives of youth. In 2011, he launched LoveWorks Leadership with a focus to start an after-school program for middle school students. Under his leadership, LoveWorks has impacted the lives of over 15,000 students and is on a mission to give every student an opportunity to lead. Michael has been working with youth for more than 15 years and is dedicated to inspiring young leaders. Michael's a father of two girls and one boy, a loving husband to Sayla, and a 13-time Ironman triathlete. Hey, everybody. Hey, Michael. How are you doing today? Doing great. Great to see you, Carolyn. Great to see you, Al. Great to see you, Brent. Michael, um, we didn't practice this beforehand, but um, I know that you're a big fan of personal growth. Do you have any advice maybe of some personal growth advice you've received from over the years? <laughs> Leave, I've received lots of personal growth advice. But my, my encouragement would be to find something and do something, whatever that happens to be. And so we all connect with, with, uh, with people and resources in different kinds of way, and we're all different types of learners. And so that would just be my biggest encouragement is to find something and to do something as long as it encourages your personal growth. I love it. That is really awesome. Well, Michael, this is a very special episode because this is, I believe, the first time we've ever gotten to do a round two with any particular guest. And so we know this one's going to be special. We know you're a little familiar with the questions, but hopefully, and I have a feeling that we're going to be able to get some more nuggets of gold out of you um, And uh, as we go through your story of being a dreamer and a doer. And so to kick us off, I think we already all know the answer to this, uh, but for uh, maybe for tradition's sake, um, as if we do things traditionally around here. Um, but <laughs> if uh, we know that you're a dreamer, Michael, and we know that you're a doer, but which one comes more naturally to you? Ooh, that's a great that's a great question. So I've heard lots of great responses to this, and I would say today I feel like I'm like a more natural dreamer. If I go back to early childhood, I would say I was a very natural dreamer and just dreamt up wild and crazy things and went out and did them, not really thinking too much about the consequences. <laughs> we just go, go out and do stuff. And then I would say later on in my life that I'd be, I, I felt like I was a more natural like doer, spent time doing and taking lots of, taking lots of action. And I would honestly say right now, I find myself more in the dreaming state and just reimagining uh, just what the future may hold and the future may look like. I love that. And I appreciate that perspective because it's honestly quite the truth. You know, sometimes that we just go through different seasons and we have to turn on different versions of that dreamer side or that doer side. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, Michael, um, definitely. I think I've seen a lot of the, a lot of the dreamer side over the years as well, but mm -hmm. you hinted towards your youth and kind of being that student that wanted to, you had that, that idea in your mind, you just went and did it. And I know this, you've, you've told some stories over the years, a couple of times of, 
you know, where you got ideas, one for a triathlon, another for a concert um, in your garage. But maybe you can take us back a few years and tell us what your middle school or your high school years were like and if a particular story stands out. Wow. So middle school and high school years, I would say the primary year, the primary memories that really stand out to me um, was really the pursuit of a sport. And that sport was baseball. And I would say that's really where I spent the majority of just my my time, my daydreaming was just imagining one day, what would it look like if if I made it up to perhaps the professional uh, professional leagues? And, and I would say that was probably a thing even just growing up in those years, middle school and high school years, which, which uh, on the academic side and even on the social side uh, at times were, were challenging. But I would say that that was probably the thing that got noticed the most. Or if I was to receive, you know, affirmation or somebody was encouraging me to do something, you know, it was, the long, it was along the lines of the particular pursuit um, of that dream, which which um, our dreamers and doers could just go back and listen to other episodes and, and see how that dream ended up playing out. So the pathway ended up being a lot different than what I would have ever uh, had, had imagined. But um, yeah, that's what those years were like for me. So um, I love that you shared that and that there was a certain focus and it was really on that on on that particular sport. Uh, but Michael, I also know you experienced a pretty major life change while you were in college and you were going to college to pursue baseball. But mm -hmm. there was a there was there someone else had a different idea for Michael's trajectory. And so can you tell us, you know, what what happened while you were in college and what passion was awakened inside you? <laughs> Definitely. So uh, so I grew up in Michigan, and what you're alluding to was just the time that I spent in Arizona. So after after I graduated from high school, we didn't have a name for it then. Uh, so the name for it then was really, you have no idea what you're supposed to do, and so you take some time off. We gave it today a label. It's called a gap year. So I took a gap year, and then I moved from Michigan uh, to to Arizona, and I know not every person that's listening or watching, uh, you know, may uh, you know may be a person of faith, and that is that is okay. Uh, but you're right. Uh, in Arizona, someone, I believe, a, a creator uh, of this earth had a a plan for me, and so that's really when I began uh, in my senior year while I was a student at Arizona State University. Uh, my faith, my faith walk. And that made a significant, significant change in a lot of different ways for me. But more than anything, I began to realize that there was another purpose and plan for my life. I didn't quite know what it was yet, um, but I was eager and anxious to find out what that was going to be. Oh, I love hearing that. And Michael, um, I've heard stories from soccer balls um, and that being a, a particular theme in your story, but there's another recurring theme in yours and Sayla's family story. And it's this idea that you guys get these phone calls. And so <laughs> I know that, uh, you know, tell us more about that Arizona day um, and tell us about the soccer ball first, and then we'll get to the phone call. I think I'm jumping, I'm jumping into the story a little, a little too fast, but tell us how that passion was awakened and maybe that fateful Saturday morning um, with students and a soccer ball. Well, chronologically, Carolyn, you are right on point. <laughs> so starting with the story of the soccer ball, 
So um, I'm a I'm a I'm a big believer of taking a hard look as long as it's not anything that's unbiblical or unethical when you're presented with an opportunity. And so I was presented with an opportunity to be a part of an outreach on a Saturday morning. And if you knew anything about me at that time, while I was in college, early mornings weren't quite the thing for me and many other college students as well. But I gave this opportunity a hard look and a yes, that I would at least give it one try, one attempt, and just to see what happens. And I found myself on an early Saturday morning riding a school bus with a few other uh, college-age students and professionals from our community, and we, and we went out to a underserved part of Phoenix. And it was while walking off that school bus, I'll never forget, seeing droves of kids uh, running from outside of their apartments and where they lived to our our school bus. I mean, you would have thought that there were uh, that this school bus was carrying a load of celebrity figures. <laughs> I certainly didn't think that I was the celebrity, uh, but the very fact that we were there that day, they knew that that we came to care and to love and spend time with and and play with. And it wasn't ever something that was super organized. Uh, but it changed my life. And so, yes, I found myself kicking back and forth a soccer ball with kids for a couple of hours. And then later that night, just before I went to bed, I honestly could say for the first time in my life, just before I went to sleep, that I felt like my life, at least on this particular day, made a positive difference in someone else's. And then I would say it was really that night that uh, I really feel like I prayed my first bold prayer. And it was just one of those prayers where I don't know what it looks like, but God just send me <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. But I really want to dedicate and I really want to commit my life to serving and helping people like I did today. And then that began just a series of, you call it the phone calls. Uh, but then the next step opportunities for me that I found myself then moving from Phoenix, Arizona over to, to Tulsa. And then that really began just the next chapter and season uh, of my life and in my leadership journey. I love that. And Michael, there's a few things I want to point out with that. I love that you said even send me and there's an openness and a willingness there. And uh, just to the advice, I, I know you didn't say it was advice, but to me, it was advice that, you know, you need to take a hard look at these opportunities and maybe they're not necessarily all that natural for you. Um, but sometimes getting out of your comfort zone is just the thing that you need to actually wake up and to see what's actually around you. And that's certainly what I heard. Well, Michael, okay. So we just for we just did our dreamer part of our interview. So I'm going to pass the mic now, and I'm going to I'm going to give it to an ultimate doer and uh, pass it on to Elle, and she's going to take the rest of this uh, the doing part of this interview. Yeah. So Michael, you kind of mentioned that there was some opportunity. You were kind of waiting for the opportunity, and were ready to be sent. Can you tell us kind of where where did you end up being sent, and tell us a little bit story um, of that journey? Yeah, absolutely. So Carolyn alluded earlier to advice. And one thing that I heard early on, and, and I say early on because it wasn't early on in life, but it was early on in this next chapter in my life. Uh, you know, when it comes to leadership, I think sometimes we make things more complicated than they 
than they need to be. And so something that I heard early on at that point um, was key to leadership is this, find a need and fill it. It's that, it's that simple. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have a particular quali qualification, but there are plenty of needs that are out there. And so find one that you're drawn to and do something about it. And what's interesting, it kind of brings me back to the tendencies that I feel like we have in our early childhood. I think we see things that we like and we do it, or we see things out there that are, are problems that need fixing and we bring just very natural solutions to them. And then sometimes as we get older, uh, just things begin to happen and we don't necessarily have the same kind of mind and, and heart set. So for me, find a need and fill it was just huge. And so I found a need in North Tulsa. And it was really an opportunity to bring an outreach very similarly to the story of the soccer ball, but myself and a few others, and then my soon to, not soon to be, but my eventual bride were a part of that initial group of volunteers that would go out early. You're going to notice a trend here early every Saturday morning and while we're in college and we would just serve and do whatever we could in North Tulsa. And so we found needs such as, Tall grass, we mowed it. Trash to be picked up, uh, to just uh, bringing uh, food uh, to uh, to people that were uh, in need. Uh, kids that just needed someone positive to spend time um, around with. And, and little did I realize it or not, but that's what I would dedicate my life to then. And even to this day, it's all about finding the need and filling it in whatever way you can. I love that so much. And uh, yeah, you're right that we make leadership or we often make leadership overcomplicated, but mm -hmm. let it all go and start with what is the need and mm -hmm. what can we do about it. And we've heard that from, I think, countless guests on this podcast, as well as um, our Biz Buddha podcast led by our students. So, um, yeah, so not to like, you know, go through your resume of, you know, of what you've done, but can you tell us some highlights about the things that you did and what led you to Norman? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, uh, there was a phone call <laughs> that I actually did receive, and it was an opportunity to move from St. Louis, Missouri, which my wife, Sayla, and I at the time were, were living, and it was really an opportunity uh, here uh, to move to Norman. And it was an opportunity to be able to start uh, an organization that would work uh, primarily with middle school uh, age students. I haven't said this yet, but my wife, Sayla, is from Florida, and I think the dream in her heart, desire in her heart still to this day is, 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 is for us to get that phone call to lead us to a beach and not a state that is landlocked. <laughs> but eventually, we made our way here to, uh, Norman, uh, to Norman and to then eventually start um, an organization that is called today Love Works Leadership. I love that. Um, and so I guess to kind of lead into some more stories, I know there's, there's countless stories at specifically at LoveWorks, but um, can you share one that uh, maybe stuck out to you in the last couple of weeks? There's something you've been kind of just thinking about um, in, this, in this transition time of um, something that you'll, you'll carry with you and for us to carry with us. Yeah, there's there, there's countless, and I <laughs> and even and even over even over the last couple of weeks, you know, there's there's a quote. Uh, I believe I said it on the podcast, uh, but I believe it with you know with all of my heart. And it talks about you know a city, a community, a state, a nation, uh, you know, can become great uh, when men and women uh, decide to plant trees in whose shade they may never sit in. 
And I absolutely love that quote. And I've been privileged uh, to have several conversations with those that have been the, the tree planters. And, 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 and I, I so respect and I just ad admire that these are individuals that could be doing a myriad of different things with their life. They have families, full-time career and occupations, uh, but they've decided above and beyond to give, whether it's their resources or their time uh, into uh, our LoveWorks you know, organization. And, and then just recent conversations, all that I've had with students that have been a part of LoveWorks for uh, a few years, and just to be able to sit back and, and, and engage and share conversation and to be able to hear just dreams that they have. And when I ask them, like, hey, what are your what are your goals, you know, for this upcoming school year? So at the time of this recording, it's late August. And, you know, the mindset that I would have at age 16 or 17, if you would have asked me that question, more than likely, I probably would have would have said something semi sarcastically about about my athletic prowess in baseball and the future that I have in the sport or maybe something that was related to just school. And I'm asking the same type of question to students that have been part of LoveWorks for a while. And the dream that they have is to be able to see how they could use their leadership at LoveWorks and be able to impact the lives of other students. And that's just unusual. And it's so unusual, it's incredible and it's amazing. And, uh, you know, it's the reason I know that each of you get up each morning to do the work that you're called to do. Uh, and it's the reason I get up uh, each morning to do the work that I do here. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, I do also love that that quote in the story um, about planting, planting the seeds for the shade that you um, may never experience. And I love hearing that even just with talking with um, with people over the last couple of weeks, that that's what you've heard them say that we, they're carrying on something that you have also done. So you've um, showed the example of. Um, so let's putting putting the doer cap on a little bit. You know, there's, uh, we believe, is a difference between having a dream and doing your dream. And it has to do with effort and how mm -hmm. much you put into it. Uh, so for you, how does effort play into the dreams that you have seen realized and that you're pursuing? Yeah, well, I think it all just, it all, the things that we've been talking about so far, they all just work together to allow you uh, to put in the work and to be able to put, you know, in the effort. It's, I, I think, in, in, unless you feel fulfilled about what you're doing, it's hard to put in the work and it's hard to grind and it's hard to hustle, all those buzz, buzzwords um, that, we, that we use today. Um, so I, I think everything just all, all, all works together. The, the personal growth piece, you know, I believe is just the fuel uh, that, that puts us and positions us, you know, in a, in a position to be able to, you know, work hard and to be able to give your best. You know, life is a journey. You know, it's a, it's a roller coasters with its highs and with its lows and with its mountaintops and, 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 its, and in its valleys. Um, and I think that's just the, that's one thing in life that is just consistent that I know that each of us are going to face regardless of what position of leadership that we're in or regardless of what our, of what our age is. And so when you uh, know that you are, you know, in a place of experiencing just your passion, uh, you know, you're, you're taking bold risks, um, you know, you're putting, positioning yourself in a place of, you know, personal growth. I, I believe that's the thing that is going to allow you not just to work hard, uh, but for that hard work to be something that's, that can be sustain, sustainable over time. Mm. 
That's so good. Yeah, I think another uh, piece of advice I've gotten over the years, and I hear you kind of saying, is you know the fuel, and so you have to fill yourself up. So it's the extra that pours out into your work, mm -hmm. and um, and so that's yeah, that's really good. Um, so my last question for you before we pass it on to your fellow visionary um, is about daily routines. So those small things that you do that lead to really big, um, really big things. Like, can you tell us about what you do and how you've seen some of those routines help you accomplish big goals? Absolutely. So this is just the way that I'm bent as a leader. So it does not mean that you all are bent this way as a leader or are, are dreamers and doers. But for me personally, uh, it all starts it all starts in the beginning of the day. I look at the beginning of the day as the launch pad into everything. And so uh, for me, I have a I have a pretty simple routine, not getting into all the particulars of brushing my teeth and my first cup of coffee. Uh, but for me, um, it all starts uh, with a routine that gets me eventually out of bed and on my knees and just praying just a short, uh, short prayer um, and really just giving giving the day and whatever is up ahead uh, uh, to the Lord. And then each morning I uh, spend an undetermined amount of time. Uh, one morning it could be five minutes, another it could be an hour, but it's just my personal growth time. And in that period of time, you'll find me on the same on the same couch in the same corner with the same coffee mug, uh, either journaling, <laughs> reading uh, something, but it goes back just to the fuel. You know, I don't want to start out my day on an empty tank and i want there to be something in the tank that can be life-giving that i can give uh, to my wife that i can give to my kids uh, that i can give to my team that i can give to the students at love workers that i can give to the barista this morning at starbucks like i want there to be something there uh, you know and I, I want it i want it to be my best and so for me that's where that's where it starts and then finding pockets of time periodically throughout the day uh, just to step back out of the out of the busyness and the hectic pace, uh, just to be able to pause, to take a deep breath, and refocus and recalibrate, recenter just my my thoughts, and then to continue on through the day. So I would say the morning success routine is huge, and then I would say those one or two very short breaks throughout the day that you could even do in the restroom. Uh, so while you're at school, you could just pop into the restroom and or you know just find like a space in the hallway. Uh, but again, just to be able to really recalibrate, really recenter, to be able to give uh, your best and be able to be a positive influence. And we talk about it at LoveWorks that le le influence is never neutral. So at all times, you're either doing one of two things. You're influencing in a negative way. And we hope, of course, as a result of this podcast, that we're going to encourage our dreamers and doers to influence in a positive way. I love that. <laughs> Michael, you sounded like the host there. You're our guest. <laughs> um, I'll take that. I'll take that hat back. No. Yeah. Right. No. I just I love that because it is for establishing habits. It's you know either having at the same time or creating the space that you can look forward to. Like this certain chair, this certain coffee mug, this certain um, time is where I'm going to do things this for myself um, so that I can do more for others. Um, so that's that's so good. And also, uh, one thing I learned this year that I think either you or you brought a book to me that taught me this or a podcast is make the time. So choosing which things are going to be your priority. And so making the time to step out of your classroom or with your friends or um, away from my computer or whatever, just to take a, a moment to breathe and remind myself of my key phrase. I'll let you all say it silently. <laughs> so, 
There is the end of our doing part. I am so excited to hand this off to your fellow visionary, Brent. Take it away. All right, Michael. So let's talk about the future now. Um, I, I believe you you said not too long ago something to, or you shared a quote about um, not dwelling on the past and just trying to relive the past over and over again, no matter how great the past might have been, but rather living in the moment and thinking about the future and where you're going and, and what you're doing now and, and what you will be doing. So that's really this last part of the interview. Um, I have the million dollar question that depending on how you answer it might uh, really skyrocket the views of this podcast. <laughs> um, and the question is, Michael, what is the big dream that you're working on now? Ah, the big dream. What a great, what a great question on dreamers and doers. Well, I'm pretty excited to announce at least part of what's next. And, uh, if our watchers and viewers go back to episode number one, which I don't recommend too many people go back to episode number one, because you're going to see me in the early pandemic wearing a hat on our very first <laughs> podcast, trying to figure things out. But again, that's a beautiful part of just starting something and doing something. It doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, one of my favorite sayings that, you know, it's, it's progress, you know, over it's progress first, you know, over, over, over perfection. And so, Early in my, in my childhood, I had a dream, and it wasn't the baseball dream, but it was a dream after watching a, an, a, a documentary about two athletes, um, and one was handicapped, and he was born a spastic, spastic quadriplegic, and the names are Richard and Dick Hoy, and it's an incredible story of father and son in pursuit of really both of them in some way saved each other's lives, and they went on to uh, compete in the biggest and toughest and hardest a physical endurance challenge in the world that eventually led them to Kona, Hawaii and doing an Ironman and swimming and biking and running. And as a nine-year-old boy, I'm watching this documentary and I'm in tears. And I really feel, Brent, it was the one of the first impressions that wasn't imposed by someone else, but that just bubbled up. It's the best way that I can describe it. The dream that bubbles up inside of you. And I thought to myself, one day I'm going to get there and I'm going to do an Ironman in Kona. Well, little did I realize that a few years and Carolyn is possibly rolling her eyes saying, Michael, it was a lot more than a few years, maybe a few decades later <laughs> that I would step out of the boat and start really pursuing it and going after that dream. And it was mentioned in my bio that I've now completed 13 full Ironman races. And so uh, for those of you that don't know, an Ironman is there are three disciplines, swimming and biking and running. And you have 17 hours to complete one of one of these races. And so uh, because I've completed 13, that has given me a chance to qualify for Kona, Hawaii. And I just recently found out that the year that I'm going to be able to compete is 2023. So Brent, to begin to answer your question, thank you. Uh, part of that answer is on October 14th of 2023, all of us are going to be in Hawaii soaking in the sun. I'm speaking by faith here and watching me eventually cross that finish line. Heck yeah, we're in. <laughs> <laughs> what was the date again? I need to get that Let's on. Get those plane tickets booked. <laughs> <laughs> texting, texting those dates over very soon. So, 
so Brent, that's the first, that's the first part of that answer. Uh, you know, when it comes, when it comes to a dream, I, I think of it in three ways. You have to, you have to start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. Mm. So start, start where you are. It's like that. You remember those directories and malls where you'd walk into a mall? Our dreamers and doers may not know what a mall is, but there's these places with shops and boutiques and food courts. And, and you'd walk in, you see a directory. Um, and, and now they have the, the touch pads, but, but it always starts with like, you know, where you are. So you got to know where you are and you have to use what you, what you have. And so Brent right now, uh, the few things that, that I know that I have is have been blessed uh, with incredible friendships and colleagues. And so I'm going to use those um, and really connect with those. Um, I've been blessed with a, a wife and three amazing kids. And as as you know now, know now just the, the opportunity to compete in Kona. And so I'm going to do my best. I don't, I, I don't know necessarily what the next step is beyond that, but I know that's what's in my hand. And so I'm going to do my best to be the best professional in each of those areas uh, of, of my life. And so, um, yeah, so that's part of the, that's part of the what's next for, for me. All right. Well, very good. Uh, anxious to make that trip to Hawaii and happy to cheer you on from Hawaii. That, that would be just fine with me. <laughs> Put me on the list. Um, so let's let's do the uh, all the guests that we've had on the show, Michael, as you well know, um, we've asked them to speak into their middle school self uh, to, to think about if they could time travel back to the, the days when they were 12, 13, 14 years old. You know, what would they say to themselves? Um, what piece of advice would they give? So, Michael, this is your chance. What would you have told yourself back in the day? Oh, well, Brent, I wouldn't change anything. But if there's something that I could whisper into my ear, it would be one thought. And it would be to care at least a little less about what other people think around me. Hmm. And just to be me. Not trying, be not trying to be anybody else. So just to care, not a lot less, just to care a little less about what others think, and just to be the best me that I can. Yeah, and that's that's uh, such a common theme that people in general, when they think back, it's like lean into you, and and go do it. That's really great, Michael. So. The very last question uh, isn't so much of a question. It's an opportunity for you. This is the speed round. Um, Carolyn or L1 are going to put up the timer. You know how this goes. Um, you've got a set amount of time to give your final thoughts on um, advice that you'd like to give to our viewers, any parting thoughts, anything you'd like to share in the last few moments of this podcast. This is it. So, Michael, when you're ready, Carolyn will start the timer and uh, lay, lay the wisdom on us, Michael. This is, this is the last, <laughs> last round here, so you're up. Is this ready, set, go? Ready, set, go. Yep. I think the timer started, so Michael, you're off. So dreamer and doer, if you made it this far, I applaud you. You heard me say something, something earlier, and it's one of my favorite mantras that encouraged you to in the realm of doing your dream or going after your dream, it's thinking first progress over perfect. And while I agree with that, I want to flip the script on you uh, for just a moment. And I want to say, well, I believe in that, but I want you to know that I believe that you 
have been made absolutely perfect. Everything about you that you don't like internally and externally is actually perfect. It's the way that you're supposed to be. You were made perfect. I also want you to know that there is something specific, a dream inside of you that is meant to bubble up, that you are meant to discover. And through that discovery, it's going to bring you joy. It's going to be bring you fulfillment. It's not going to eliminate hard times and challenges, but it's going to bring those things to you. And it's also going to bring that same kind of joy and love to other people as well. And the world is just waiting for that to bubble up, for you to discover it and for you to live it and to give it away. And I want you to know this, that I absolutely love you more than you know. Okay, so technically that was a minute and 26 seconds, but we'll take it, Michael. <laughs> so, Carolyn, as you know, I don't think I've ever said anything in under three minutes. And so, <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, thank you so much for, for sharing with us today your story and uh, just the encouragement and the, the faith that you've, you've had uh, throughout your entire journey and that it's inspired so many other ones. Anyway, I wrote down what I was gonna say so I didn't have to get emotional. Um, <laughs> so Michael, um, thank you for sharing your story with us today and thank you mm. for your vision for LoveWorks. And I hope it hasn't grown dull for you to hear it because I've read it and I've heard it so many times in these last two weeks. So many people are better for all that you poured into LoveWorks and we can't thank you enough. Thank you. And Michael, for the countless people who have been impacted by you and LoveWorks over the years, how can they continue to reach out to you and continue to follow you on your journey? That's really Brent, I didn't know if this part was scripted because there's a great order that you'd give me the opportunity to, uh, to uh, well up some tears and then you would close it out. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you uh, uh, without, without a doubt, it has been um, the most life-changing experience. <laughs> it's cool in times of transition. Um, uh, there's, there's really it's positive to be a carrier of two things, joy and sorrow. Um, and it's, 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 it's carrying both of those, uh, you know, at, you know, at both of those kinds of feelings and emotions at the, at the same time. But these past 11 years um, have changed, um, has, have, have absolutely changed uh, my life. And, and, and it, you know, we don't use, we haven't used, or I really haven't used the word, you know, the word job or, you know, even work. I mean, it's a calling, it's a joy uh, to be able to do this. And uh, I can only just wait with eager expectation uh, to see LoveWorks's best and greatest days uh, up ahead. Michael, thank you for making us better. Never being too young to dream. Um, I think this podcast is, is, named after the story of LoveWorks, dreamers and doers. And you've pretty well exemplified that through the course of this organization's history and the vision that you gave it, but then the ability to implement that vision and, and really impact so many kids here in Norman and, and beyond, uh, far beyond, in fact. So um, 
thank you, Michael, for, for all that you've done here at LoveWorks. And I know the Norman community thanks you and, and all the kids that have been a part of this program over the years. And uh, it's just been a privilege to be able to work with you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you may not recommend this episode, but I will. And uh, you, you might want to go back, dreamers and doers, and check out episode number one, Have To or Get To, with Michael mm. Hirsch. And that is one of the other best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten from Michael, was Have mm. To versus Get To. And Michael, another time just for now. And remember, real leaders, they don't blend in, but they stand out. Dream big. And do your dream. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.